The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Did I did ow, I ow. kind of do what you do? It's like, come on you down. You got the show right. I got the right, show yeah, right. You got the show name right, which is kind of big deal. Okay, well, I'm job. Liz Cully, and I'm here with... The most famous game show host you don't know, Darren Karp. Ah, uh, yeah. The the most famous person you don't know who's not famous or a game show host, Darren Karp. I think Karp. you're pretty yes, famous, Darren. Darren. I think you're pretty famous. Oh, that's nice of you you're to welcome. say. Well, well, I wish my wallet felt that way. But uh, how are you doing, Liz? How's my bisexual queen doing this To week? be honest with you, your bisexual queen is feeling like a bicon <laughs> and very validated uh. because we have... Jen Winston, who some of you guys might know, um, generous with a J is her Instagram handle. And some say she's greedy. uh, I did. I did. Um, But I have to be honest with you, Darren. I was sort of nervous. I think you know this to have her on because she's super polished on the Internet. Like she's cool. She's cool. cool. Um, Also, we learned that she uses she they. So if we start to interchange it in this conversation, that's because we were given license to interchange it's her she's we're in the middle of her journey right now and so she was not uh she was not particular about which pronoun right now in this no but I'll switch to they just to give them both because that's what we talk about but correct Jen was so cool and I was nervous because they seem so together and like their content is great and they're so smart and honestly I felt so seen and so validated and you guys will hear it in this episode where I was like wait a minute I've had so many of these similar experiences and feelings and I just loved having Jen on the show and I hope that we become friends I'm dead serious I really do I hope I hope that we become friends with Jen as well I actually just speaking of the and honestly I want Jen's interview to like speak for itself so we don't have to do this big intro here because I just thought she was so fascinating and we want to sell her book but one of my really good guy friends and I don't want to say his name because I don't want to out him to the world obviously but um, I was given permission to kind of talk about it on air without naming names as he came out as bisexual and he's in his 30s you know him and I have known each other for quite some time we're basically the same age and so I do, he was kind of saying, now it's hard to know because he's a cis man, so he goes by he and him, and he was like, I'm really excited and scared. He's like, because there's so many options, there's so many things, I don't know what I want yet, you know, I don't know if I, if I want to be verse, or I want to be a bottom, or I'm a top, or like, what kind of guys I'm really into, because he's, previously, he, he was only dating women. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. So he was only dating women. So he's kind of touching base on his sort of queerer side right now and you know just kind of had his first uh, make out with a guy which is really great Fun. a few weeks ago and yeah and so I was talking to him about this journey because he's really excited and I actually helped him uh, draft a text message to get a date which I was very excited with this really really incredible trans woman that I'm like obsessed with and who's a good friend of mine and so helped him snag a date there which was great um, but he was just kind of saying He was just kind of saying that he's like, I'm a little scared because I feel like people at my age, which is in our 30s, mid 30s, um, already kind of know who they are and what they want. And, you know, we often talk about how like you don't 
a lot of gay women don't want to be the experiment for the straight girl. You know, like we don't want to be like, all right, I'll just try this shoe on for size. Some people like it. Some people don't. I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to date straight women. Um, And so he's kind of like, I don't want to be that guy for other guys where they think I'm like testing them out. And I literally said to him, I go, to my friend, I said, listen, I go, we live in New York City. And I go, anything that you can think about that you want sexually as weird or as out there as you think it is, 100% is happening right now with multiple people in multiple locations in New York City. And I was like, there is no shame on anything. There is all different types of like experience level. And I was like, and to be honest with you, coming out now in your mid-30s, you know so much more about who you are and what you want as a person than you would have known at like 19 when you were coming out with everybody totally. else. I was like, it's a much better place to be a bisexual man right now than it ever it was. Is. It is. It truly ever. is. And I think just, yeah. and you know, yeah. Jen will give us all these different kind of like, st- I mean, obviously she's quite researched. She was promoting her book with us, Greedy, which is out now and you should all buy it. Um, but there's, it's, the plan words there is people think bisexual. Yes, exactly. And and both. I th- so that's sort of the plan. And I here. think that you know it's never it's you're totally right Darren. It's the best time ever to be bisexual and I think honestly so. or gay, but yeah, but bisexual for yeah. sure. And so I'm excited for like, everyone to listen to Jen because honestly she's a Jen yes. I'm <laughs> that was good. You're welcome well, Jen if you're listening. Uh very excited for my friend's experience and journey. Maybe he'll come on and report it if he gets, uh, if he's not too nervous to do it. But Jen is certainly someone I'm going to have him listen to because she really is a a pioneer in a lot of the bisexual community. And she's learning a lot as we're learning a lot. And so, yeah, enjoy Jen Winston. All right, everyone, welcome back to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. We're super stoked about our next guest. Uh, We have Jen Winston on the line. Jen Winston is a writer, creative director, and a bisexual. And I think bisexual should come first. That's just, that's my first thought about the bio. good point. But their their work bridges the intersection of sex, politics, and technology, and has been featured in Hello, Hello, The Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post, CNN, and more. I've heard of all these publications, which is great. Jen is passionate about unlearning and creating work that helps others do the same. She lives in Brooklyn, yeah, New Yorker, with her partner, dogs, and of course, an iPhone, because how could you not? And Greedy is her first book. Welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing, Jen Winston. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Also, congratulations on the book. I mean, it's been hell <laughs> the but, cover art by the way is very pretty uh, like thanks. it's just like so good so eye-catching that it's like I would want to buy it immediately without even knowing anything about it I, so I appreciate I, that it, there. <laughs> it was it was really hard to come up with a cover because like when you write a book proposal you usually come up with like comp titles like comparative titles in the that are already out there to like illustrate who your audience is and stuff but there like wasn't anything for bisexual wow. people. And I really didn't want to use the flag because I have my issues with the flag, which I can like talk about in a bit. But also oh, yeah. I just, I didn't want it oh, to be- we're gonna get into it. That on the nose, yeah. And so um, I worked with this amazing designer, Rodrigo Corral. He's designed like so many award-winning book covers and he just like did such an amazing job. So thank you. Well, it's v- very pretty. Well, I'm gonna judge your book by its cover as, and say it's good as already. I <laughs> often do is why I was yes. like, I have to get this right. 
Um, yes. And before we get to, because we actually have a, mil- I also a have million one million questions, questions because I feel yeah. like I'm the lonely bisexual on this. Yay! Go no, no longer, no longer. Yeah, I'm in the, um, I'm in the minority now, Liz. I'm finally, in the minority now. Yes, finally. finally. <laughs> um, but just for the listeners, we ask every single one of their guest of our guests rather how they, what pronouns they would like us to use when referring to them how they identify, et cetera. Would you mind doing that for us and the listeners? Absolutely. Um, As far as pronouns, I use she, her, or they, them pronouns. I don't really have like a preference between them. Um, Though I guess these days I'm leaning a little bit more towards they, which is like new for me. I think it was sort of like a learning curve for me to get there, but I'm really happy. I'm, I'm happy with both. And then, um, but yeah, you can use both. And then I identify as a bisexual. Loud and proud, bisexual. One of the last few remaining breeds that there is. <laughs> we, Let me tell we you. are. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of people who describe themselves as bisexual. I actually think on this show, I mean, I'm a lesbian. I identify as a lesbian. But more so as we interview guests, I, as you say, you're coming to terms with maybe you prefer they over she. And, you know, it's all kind of a learning spectrum-y curve. I feel, and I talked about this with Liz, that I might be pansexual. Yes. So I, my definition of bisexuality is pretty much, there isn't any like meaningful difference between bisexuality and pansexuality. I like could talk about this for a very long time, but my partner is trans non-binary. I identify as non-binary. So we're like, when we both identify as bisexual. So, I mean, we're attracted to all genders. A lot of people use the definition more than one gender. Um, which is the one I like. And for some reason, the word pansexual, like, didn't, like, vibe with me for some reason. Um, And same with the word queer. Like, a lot of people who identify as bisexual or, or, like, at some point have identified with the term bisexual choose to use the word queer as, like, an umbrella term. And for me, that, like, wasn't strong enough for me to, like, commit to my queerness. Like, I didn't feel like I deserved to be queer like it seems so cool to me so I was like I I can't be that like I'm just this yeah. thing and I actually it's interesting that you say that not a lot of people are bisexual because it's actually the largest group uh self-identified group within the LGBTQ plus community but we're very like quiet because for for a number of reasons bi erasure like, is something Liz and I talk about quite a bit totally it's a yeah. huge it's a huge problem and I think I like didn't really realize it until I, I started writing this book and like and learning about the bi plus community. I mean, even after this book has come out, I've gotten so many like DMs from people who are like, I'm bi, thank you, this helped me feel so seen. And I'm like, whoa, I've never talked to this many bi people in my life. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, first um, question, yeah. we host a bi summit. Wait, absolutely. Because yes, yes, yeah, I would we? love that. Oh my I'm God. In. I, so I've been trying to do this type of like buy in person event series for like such a long time. Um, I wanted to do it right before COVID with my friend um, who is a bisexual man. He's in the book because we dated at one point um, and uh, we were going to call it the bi monthly, but then COVID happened. And so I took that title for my newsletter, um, but I'm, I'm totally here for an in-person by event series like in or event Wait. a summit it What's, needs well to i'm inviting myself as great yeah i'm in also inviting myself even though i'm not by I'm, I'm an ally yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I, great. I, I, I'm here i'm here for it it's, it's um, yeah 
so let's let's take a step back uh, and kind of get what Jen Winston was growing up like. Um, how did you, when was your first sort of acknowledgement to yourself that you might not be straight? I don't know if your first acknowledgement was like, I only like women or I only like men. Did you know that you were bi? Walk us through like kind of how you came out in, in, in that way. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my coming out journey, like it. Th- this was actually like tricky to write about because um, a lot of it only involved like uh, an attraction to men and women. And like, I didn't know that non-binary people even existed really until I like, until like 2017. And now like I'm non-binary, my partner's non-binary, like my whole life is non-binary, um, which is amazing. But when I was, when I was like in eighth grade, I was like very into this guy on my swim team but then I would like always hope that this girl would sit next to me on the bus and like Mm -hmm. I would get these like butterflies and then um really it was just like internalized homophobia that made me be like nope walk away from that and go toward this guy on the swim team like that's your crush and then I was like telling everyone that he was my crush like almost in a performative way and I think that uh it's because by people like it's it almost feels like it's a choice in the beginning to be like do I want to be gay or do I want to be straight and then you pick one and you stick with it for a little while um and that's really I mean that's what I did I like pre- I not pretended but I was like presenting a straight for until I was 30 um and I like all my close friends knew I was bisexual but the whole time it had always been this like thing I I felt like it was like an urge that I had just pushed down but I was okay kind of pushing it down because I was like having relation meaningful relationships with men and even though a lot of them were like terrible um but you know par for the course um but it it wasn't that's actually why I came out as bi was to make myself like stop continuing the same patterns of just dating men because I kept going on dates with women and they were bad. Like I, I showed up not my best self because I didn't feel like I deserved to be there. I had no sexual confidence, which was a huge problem. I was like, if this escalates, like, I don't want to be there for it. It's going to be bad. Um, You're going to back away slowly. Yeah. (laughs) And I, there's an essay in my book called bad at sex. That's about that. Um, But it was, it was like with men, I was like, I finally figured myself out. Like, I feel like a queen in the bedroom now. And like, I was really comfortable in like straight sex, quote unquote, straight sex scenarios. So I just kept doing it. And then like, kept talking about the fact that I didn't want to be doing it. (laughs) And um, then I came out and I was like, you know what? This is like holding me accountable now. And I, um, the dates definitely got better. Uh, the sex got a little bit better <laughs> and then um i met my partner and um yeah here i am i am silent because i'm i don't know how i'm feeling because i feel as if you've just like you like know in the movie, life like was... i feel like you know when in the movies when a ghost like goes like ghost <laughs> Like the movie go, like I feel like you just yeah. went inside you just of my body. Swayzied. I think you just yeah. whoopied me in the weirdest <laughs> way. I'm like panicked. My like heart is racing. I 
wow, you really articulated How, my life story. I, so thank you. Can I ask like, that. well, you, you mentioned oh, a little bit of like your internal, sorry, homophobia. Was that just because like that was society or did you grow up particularly religious? Oh, or? I forgot to mention this. Yeah, I'm from Indiana. Yeah. Um, I'm from Bloomington, Indiana, um, which is like a quote, kind of like a sort of liberal. I mean, it's like a liberal town compared to everything else around it. It's um, like Columbus, Ohio kind of to me is what I'm Yeah, it's, it's less. Yeah, I guess it's like that. It's a little worse than that, I think. Um, but, <laughs> but it was, yeah. So I think a lot of my upbringing was that way. Like the the term, I remember once my parents said to me, like, you know, if you are a lesbian, that's okay. And I was like, I'm not. Like, because I wasn't. And I still am not. And I didn't, they were like very welcoming, but I was still like, I'm not that way. Like, I, it was, it was a, you know, there was all this stuff that, that keeps people from coming out in general, but like apply it with the biphobia that made me doubt myself, uh, just as a queer person in general. And I was, I really just was like, I'm going to go with being straight. Cause like, that's easy and it works for me. Um, and it's super interesting to hear you say that it feels like relatable to your own story, Liz, because I'm finding that like a lot of people relate to this story. And every time that somebody tells me they relate, I feel super validated because I feel normal. And it's just, it's, it's really interesting because I think a lot of people didn't realize that this particular story was a story worth telling or a story that anyone else experienced. And I think that has to do with the, the idea that like, everyone is bisexual um like there's kind of this this idea that you know like everyone is everyone's a little bit bisexual right and of course pe people have said that to me like as I'm writing this book and it took me a while to realize that that's like a really dismissive thing to say and it's like everyone's bisexual so your experience is not unique in any way um and what I found through writing this book is that like not everyone resonates with this story so profoundly. Like not everyone is like, this is my story being told back to me um, because not everyone is bisexual. And it's just like nice to know that it hits some people harder because if you're saying that everyone is bisexual, you're saying that no one is bisexual and you're essentially erasing bisexuality. Erasing it. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. So, I mean, I, whatever, again, because I feel like we are, very similar. Uh, I wrote a book proposal a few years ago and something I wanted to ask you, because I love hearing, well, it's interesting you talking about the cover art that Darren so loves, right? Which is also, I love too, but I want Darren to have these. <laughs> um, My moment. <laughs> but I'll never I'll, I'll forget sitting in the fucking room in Beverly Hills and granted, they were lovely women and I worked with them for three years. It didn't end up working, whatever, it's fine. But I will never forget this person looking at me across the table when I had given her a second draft. And she's like, well, it needs to be more like sexy and sexual. And I was like, well, but it's not like, you know, it's mm. about just like humans are humans. That was kind of more the take that I was taking at that time. And it was so interesting because I think saying and maybe I don't know if you feel well one so I'd love to know if you ever got that feedback where it was like people just think I get well and that's why I love that you named your book greedy because it's like that's what people think you know that you Assuming. want everything and that you're this like insane sexual being right mm -hmm. but then two it, it's so interesting because 
like that's not really what it is. And and when I say, I think it's different, like Darren, when you're like, I'm gay or I'm a lesbian, the word sex isn't in that descriptor, like, mm-hmm. or identity. So every time I say I'm bisexual, I use the word sex, which obviously we all know, like for generations have been looked down upon. So do you ever feel that way that like, because you're kind of saying the word sex all of the time and like people yes. are just equating all of this with so much sex which is an added layer of shame because that's how I felt my you know for the last 15 years absolutely yes that was a huge reason I didn't want to come out because I I didn't want to like have all my coworkers like be picturing me having threesomes which was like also what I was doing at the time so it was like okay this is like not a lot I'm not going to be able to like disprove this you know (laughs) um and so yeah I've actually seen a lot of people who say they just prefer to say bye and then there are Mm -hmm. some people who say that they're bi-romantic uh you know that's like a different thing but um like a lot of people will use the word bi when coming out to like parents and colleagues because it feels like safer in that to that degree Um, but I really think that I became proud of my bisexuality once I stopped trying to run from that side of it. Um, and I really credit the work of this bisexual theorist, Shiri Eisner, um, who wrote a book called by notes for a bisexual revolution. Um, I credit their book with like changing my perspective on that because they basically say that a lot of conversations about bisexuality are about like myth busting. Like we're always like, we're not greedy. We're not confused. And it's, it's true. Like we're not really. Um, but why, why are those things necessarily bad to be in the first place is what Mm. Shiri's work suggests. And I love the way they, they talk about confusion specifically. They say that confusion is a destabilizing agent of social change. Um, Mm. which is like such a cool way to think about being bisexual because it's like, it means that we're not committing to any of these choices or we're not like choosing something just because it's a box that like was set out for us to select. Um, and I found so much power in that. And the same with being greedy, like being greedy is only a bad thing. If you like think that you're not allowed to want as much as you do, you know, it's, it comes from a place of lack. And like, I think it's specifically relevant in like a femme or like women context. Um, because it like aligns so much for me with the conversation around sex positivity. So now, so I, so my book is called greedy notes from a bisexual who wants too much. And like last week I was talking to Robin Oaks, who is like a, such a bisexual icon. Like when I got a DM from Robin, I like my heart almost stopped. I was like, oh my God. Um, like a, a founding bisexual activist and, uh, Robin said that if she had heard my book title like 15 years ago, she would have like been very furious and like very had a really hard time with it because so much of her work then paved the way for the work that I'm trying to do now, which is basically about saying like, even the stereotypes aren't bad. Like we can be a bisexual stereotype and that be a good thing. And so my book is like full of sex. Like there's, so much sex in my book. Uh, no one ever told me to make, to add more. <laughs> if anything, they were like, please stop. Um, but uh, yeah, it's dedicated to my parents who promised that they wouldn't read this. That's the dedication. Cause I can't. saw that on your social. I love <laughs> that. That's really fun. It's just, they can't read it. 
it would be. I, I have a question, and, and, and Liz, I kind of hope you don't mind me bringing this up just because we sort of talked about it on the show. But so Liz is bisexual, and she's married to her wife. And sometimes when we talk about our pronouns, Liz will be like, you can call me lesbian, you can call me bisexual. She's like, it's cool. Like, she's just not as strict with it. Mm-hmm. And But Liz has also said to me, um, who I identify as like strictly lesbian, that she's like, you know, every time I go out with my wife, it's like the assumption is that I'm a lesbian, which is wrong. But if I were to date a man, the assumption is that I'm straight, which is also wrong. Mm-hmm. So do you find that you're trying to like come out twice? Like I feel like yeah. bisexuality is like hard to come out with because yes. Y- yes. the assumptions are always there. Is that, am I accurate about that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're both nodding. Um, We're I both mean, like, yeah. uh-huh. I mean, yeah. It's constantly just, fucking coming out. And, and it's very like cerebral. Right. It's like you're in your head and you're like, do I deserve this title? Is this title enough? And I think all queer people experience that. But like, for me, I was like so desperately hoping for like someone to just sweep me off my feet and like carol me into a queer relationship. You know, I like needed that. Um, and that just didn't come. Like, I was like, please, like someone date me, like, like help me become gay, like the right way. And it just wasn't happening because every time I would like go on a date with a woman or a non-binary person, I would be like, just, I would be in like, so abysmal to be on the date with. Like, I would just, you know, not know how to flirt. I was so in my head. And I think so much of that, like, the it dip, being difficult to come out like for anyone who hasn't come out yet it's hard to be in the scene you know you feel like you don't belong and so that's just how I felt like my whole life um but there is a huge thing with bi erasure when you're dating uh based on who you're dating because people assume that they can know your sexuality based on who you're dating um and like that thing of being read as as gay when you're in a relationship with someone of the same gender is like super real and I guess I found like the one way around that because I'm dating someone who is like visibly androgynous and uh it identifies as non-binary um but even that I felt like really guilty and weird about it at first I was like oh my god like I love how my partner is affirming my bisexuality and that like feels like tokenize me in a weird way and so we talked about that but yeah you spend for anybody that's listening that doesn't follow you jen on instagram they're doing their, themselves a very big service but <laughs> sweet <laughs> for us who have been following you for quite some time especially through the pandemic you use your social media or you have been while you've been writing this book and i'm sure you will now continue to really like educate your followers and really the internet at large about different um, moments, I would even say, and terms and terminology within the LGBTQ plus community. And I would say even more than that. We recently, Darren, I don't know if you know that, I run all of our Instagram for scissoring so to shield Darren from all mm-hmm. notice. Very kind um, of you. We, yes. <laughs> I'm fragile. You don't understand. It's hard out there. It, really it is hard. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liz but, is just better at it than me, to be told. But no. Yes. I'm just like ADD. And I like love him. Same. Same. Um, it's like my ideal hobby. I'm just like. <laughs> anyway, but we got a DM actually recently from a listener um, who identifies as a cis 
straight female. We have a lot of cis straight females that lis- listen to us. So, hey, girls, hey. Just good. Hello. Um, which we love. <laughs> yeah. And they do come to us to kind of learn more about um, the LGBTQ plus community. When you, you talked, when we, before we recorded, we asked you, you know, based on your bio, like what pronouns you were okay with using and you were so kind as to let us know which pronouns you prefer, which is they and she, though that's ever evolving. Could mm-hmm. you explain maybe what um, non-binary means to you or like what using the terms they, them, and there? Because I was trying to explain to this listener, not that it's personal yes. to me because I use she, her, um, but could you explain a little bit more for the listeners and really for us, like what that means to yeah, you? And- totally. Yeah. And thank you for asking that. I think it like, I mean, I know you, you are asking on behalf of listeners, but I, I think it takes a lot of, vul- and thank you to the listener for asking that question. Cause it takes a lot of vulnerability to ask just a question about something that you don't know or understand. Um, so for me, I'm honestly not sure. And I am, I'm happy about that. I think for me, what it means is that I started questioning whether or not I was a woman and whether, what that meant, like what it meant to be a woman Uh, and learning a lot about trans uh, rights and um, just how to center trans people more in my activism was really like important for my personal journey with that. Like uh, if a woman doesn't have a uterus, is she still a woman? Like, yes, like a uterus, the ability to give birth does not define a woman. So what does? And I kept like asking that question. And ultimately I like couldn't reach an answer other than these like very uh, socially, like experiences throughout my life that were overlaid with social systems and patriarchy. And like, I couldn't really figure out what my gender was beyond those experiences. And so I just started asking myself those questions. And I, I attended a really amazing workshop um, with Erica Hart, who who everyone should also follow on Instagram, um, a really amazing racial justice and uh, sexuality educator. And during the workshop, uh, this, this is mentioned in my book because it was really formative for me. Um, Erica asked the question, what gender do you identify as and how uh, and when did you know you identified as that gender and how do you know? Um, and I wrote down like, I'm a woman. And then I was like, this was like three years ago. Um, I wrote down, I was a woman. And then for the question of when did I know I was like, always like, duh. And then for the next question of like, how did I know? I was like, um, I don't, I don't know because people told me like I have no I had no answer and I've really been sitting with that question for like three years being like how do I know I'm a woman and I I think it's just really interesting the way that like gender has like infected everything like even like makeup not gender you know but I feel like a woman when I put on makeup and so it was really another thing that really um helped kind of open my mind to this conversation is thinking of femininity and being a woman as separate things. And right. I was um, going to say that exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I know that uh, you had Shea Goulet on who's like so incredible. Um, and like drag race was a really big part of my understanding around that um, because there was a big discussion like a few years ago uh, around like trans. Yep. 
women on drag race. Yeah. And like, yeah. um, we had peppermint and- on actually amazing. A lot yes. about yeah. that with peppermint. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, but I didn't really like, I was following both sides of that conversation and I didn't understand. I was like, Oh, people are saying this is wrong. They're right. Because they're like trans people. So like they're right about their own experience, but I don't understand why what RuPaul said about drag being like the, the sem- comparing it to like the Olympics of, of trying to be a woman kind of, um, I didn't understand why that was wrong. And so, um, I did some research and learned about the difference between femininity as a construct and womanhood. And it like, re- like being able to peel those apart really like helped me think about gender and gender expression so much differently. And so I use the pronouns she, her, and they, them, because um, for one, it forces me to like be in solidarity with uh, my partner who uses exclusively trans or exclusively they, them pronouns. And um, like, it forces me to mention my pronouns in in meetings and talk about them um, and explain what they mean, which I love doing. So thank you for asking me. Um, And then also because it like illustrates that I'm trying to like step away from the gender binary and it makes, and because it shows that it makes me feel affirmed in who I am. So that's my personal answer. Thank you. That's a great answer. And I think I love, which I think we probably need more of, probably more now than ever of people just being like, I don't know yet. Like, this, you know, and so many Mm -hmm. people, they expect you to have an answer or they expect this. And it's like, so much of life is, I don't know. It just, that's what I want. And it takes a brave person, I think, to actually say, I don't know and feel really confident in their, I don't know, because none of us really totally a lot of shit. Um, Piggybacking from, we're really backwards uh, talk when you said you have issues with the flag. What are your issues oh, with the flag? Yeah. And, and and yeah, elaborate on that because well, I don't want to miss it. So I probably, I mean, I should know more about the history of the bisexual flag and stuff. And the history of the bisexual movement is very gender inclusive. So I'm sure that the flag is not as like flawed as I see it to be sometimes. Um, but, so you're talking bisexual flag versus the rainbow? Oh, yes. The bisexual okay. flag. No, it's like blue, pink. Yes. Right. I, but- Somebody said it's that bi culture is not knowing whether blue or pink is on the top, which is true. Wait, it's like, oh my God. I know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's actually <laughs> pink, uh, purple, blue. Um, oh yeah, but, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can tell you, I just looked up what it means. Yeah. Oh, what does it mean? You? Go for it. Be prepared to have your mind blown, everybody. We're ready to learn here. On the this pink color represents sexual attraction to to the same gender okay the blue represents attraction to opposite gender or a different gender in the case of a non-binary person and the res, the um resultant overlap color wow is that a word i which is purple is purple represents sexual attraction to two or more genders seems kind of redundant but I, mean, uh, I agree it's like a lot it's for just me like, okay. I feel like that definition has been like force fit backwards onto it a bit um onto the, the flag to like make it feel as gender inclusive um and yeah, I think totally. the bi community has has seen so much like stress from people being like well why don't you just identify as pan like you should be identifying as pan because that's what's gender inclusive and it's like no bisexuality has always been gender inclusive you can identify as pan if you want like hell yeah we're both like multi-sexual amazing people but i don't have to and i 
I actually did get a few people after I came out who were like, why don't you identify as pan? And I got scared. So I put like by slash pan in my Instagram bio because I wanted to communicate that I was not, that it was not a gender exclusive like term for me. Like I am an equal opportunity employer. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, there was a bisexual magazine in the early nineties called anything that moves that was like, they wrote a manifesto about like, they're not being more than one gender or oh, they're, they're okay. being multiple genders. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Do you find that, and Liz and I have very much so talked about this over the years. Do you find that maybe like, especially with all the labels that within, I'm just going to say the queer community as like the overarching mm-hmm. umbrella term, LGBTQ plus, that we like police each other with it too much. Like you being scared. So you put. Yeah, I wanted like, to, I wanted, you said the word yeah. scared and I was like. Scared. Like, bing, 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 bing. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, we've all felt that way. Yeah. Like I don't ever want to say the wrong thing or, or describe the wrong pronoun, but my intentions are always good. And so, I don't know. Do you find that we're policing each other maybe a little too much? I mean, it's a, I think it's a push and pull. Like I am really grateful for everyone who held me accountable for anything that I've done in the wrong in the past and like continue to do because it helps me learn. But I think that sure. when the policing is bad uh, is often when it comes from people who are like you doing it in a performative way, like um, when, when it's like a bunch of cis people being like, you should use the term pansexual when it's a bunch of cis straight people who are just trying to be like allies to the non-binary community. Um, But if it's like non-binary people, like, I mean, for one, most non-binary people that I have met are well aware that the term bisexual is gender inclusive. And it's, it's just also, I, I feel like people are, are so often like, you know, on, on Instagram where it is so terrifying, people will be fighting for something just to show that they're fighting for it. Uh, and they'll be coming down really hard about it, but yeah. Karen's we know we just had that Darren, I shield you from what happens on our Instagram page, but very kind of you. I really, she she doesn't know what I do for her in the background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I posted, which is now to date, our second most liked picture ever. And it was a picture for lesbian visibility day where it basically, it was this, it's this really cool artist who put something together, a graphic that effectively included everyone in lesbian visible. Like I loved, I loved it when I saw it. I'm going to just, I'm going to really quickly, it says happy. Have you seen this? Yes. Yes, but I don't okay. remember what all. It's okay. The artist is named Brianna, so I just want to shout her out. But it says, Happy International Lesbian Day to lesbians who are trans, lesbians of color, mass and or androgynous lesbians, et cetera, et cetera. And it's incredibly Great. inclusive, and I really liked it. But you know Great. what happened? Those Uh-oh. those motherfucking turfs. Those turfs. Oh, my God. And, and I will. What yeah. the fuck? We... Dare you can't I, post a but, meme yeah. without someone but fucking like your nicest, But also, totally. Meme. And it was, so, and I loved it when I saw it because I was like, great, it's a BIPOC queer artist who's super, like, I love finding that stuff. And like, that's why I like, yeah. love Instagram because I like sharing it. Darren and I have been fucking hustling our asses on this podcast for yeah. a year and a half. Like, why the fuck are you guys going to go on my page? <laughs> Just but like, also like it out why yeah. but also like when it's turfs it's like 
that is should be affirming to you that you're doing something right because like and and I've been canceled by like the the right like I I posted a bunch of like leftist shirts that I was gonna wear at Thanksgiving to like start a fight and I like had this tweet that like made it on some like alt-right like subreddit and like my life was like ruined (laughs) but I was like yes bring it on because like I want these people to hate me like that means I'm doing it right so I I would take those trolls as a compliment except also get rid of them because like no one should hear their rhetoric but like uh they actually that's a good that's a question (laughs) So I didn't delete the comments. I almost Mm. did because there was a discourse that was, that ended up happening and I didn't know. Oh my gosh. It's just, I'm just blown away by the number of people who are like sitting with, with ethical questions like this in our heads right now. Um, Because like, I feel like I have questions like this every day. Like, do I delete? What do I do? How do I approach this? And it's just. I mean, it's such a like new problem and it's all over the place, but yeah, I, it's, it's new and subjective. I feel like, cause sometimes for me with like people who post, I do a lot of true crime stuff and sometimes mm. people will be like, you're too on this side and this and that. And I leave it cause I'm depending on what it is, unless someone's calling me like a fucking asshole. And then I'm like, ah, my mom doesn't need to see that. <laughs> but if you're arguing with my opinion, sometimes I'm like, listen, I see this still as all the time. Like the best disinfectant is sunlight. And for people to see that I'm being trashed by one person, that's really important because then it might galvanize other people who agree with me to like either come to my defense or really learn like why I'm right and why they're wrong or vice versa. It didn't so get too I, nasty. It was more just yeah, like, I think it's please explain this to me. And I'm like, but, oh, okay, well, oh, I don't but also, need to well, explain this to you. Yeah, I mean, you know that, I mean? that is though, I mean, that's people like needing to like, go to Google and like figure some things right. out. But sure. I think that- Or listen to this podcast, mother. Yes, exactly. Um, you know the podcast don't. you're following on Instagram. They don't, right. Because yeah. you know they don't, because you know they don't. Right, exactly. But I do think it's a bit different though when I had this video, I shared a video of um, a father of a trans child like testi- testifying in court around like- some I, of saw, that. I and, saw that. And, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean... such a moving video, but I had to turn off Oh, I couldn't turn off comments because it was like a vid. It was like a reel or something. There was some reason I couldn't turn turn off comments. So I like ultimately had to archive it because there were a lot of like there was a lot of like hate speech being talked Ugh. about trans people on it, and I was like, I don't want this to happen here. So I think like in that sense, it's a little like different when it's about when it's like coming for someone's identity directly. Like, yeah, no, I think yeah. it's that's not like, an opinion. That's just exactly. An exactly. Yeah. That's not an opinion. Yeah. You know, I. I I mean, like, having an opinion that might be, like, thought out. Not being like, you fuck, like, that's, like, fuck that. Yeah, that's no one's got that. And, like, I the, mentioned. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, oh, I was please. I was just going to say the best thing is when you see a healthy, like, conversation conversation or moment of education happen in the comments. Like. Yes. Yes. That's It's right. such a, like, thrilling feeling. <laughs> I, I, I kind of have a, a question for you, and it might be too vague and I understand that going in but in your bio I said that you're passionate about unlearning Mm -hmm. and creating work to help others do the same how (laughs) maybe you can solve the world's crisis with this but how do we unlearn something in society as a whole it's it's obviously clearly not happening overnight and I think you know even the the gay rights movement in general has sort of shown that that you know it's taken decades to kind of just you know 
how do we unlearn something? Where does that start? How does it start? Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, for me, it started with like doing work on myself. And I think it really started with like coming to terms with my whiteness and like my white privilege and like what that means. And that was like, I mean, that was really something that I, I focused on during the Trump administration, which is like significantly too late to be doing that work, but still, and like kind of confronting my role in like perpetuating white supremacy and like being silent when when racist incidents happen um and so I was like oh god I have to fix this like I think there's a tweet that I love that was like uh when it was like white women when someone tells you that you're being racist they're doing you a favor it's like telling you that you have spinach in your teeth like fix your face and I think that <laughs> that is the big perspective shift that needs to happen um for a lot of unlearning to happen is like learning is a beautiful thing and I think we all think that about other things that aren't social issues but when it's like social issues we get so sensitive because we don't want to be bad people to other people of course and I think the more we can learn to see like these conversations as like people doing us a favor and the more that when we are calling others in or like letting people know we can treat it like we're like oh you would love I think you'd love to know this like or you know even even telling someone that they have something in their teeth is like awkward um but like we can still treat it in a way that's like thought you might want to know FYI you know like in a friendly like I'm here for you kind of way and that I'm only saying that to people who are like of the of, of a group outside of the group that was affected. Like if, if uh, say like, if I did something that was racist on my platform, like I don't think that any, like any black person has to be like kind to me when calling me out, but like other white people should be like, FYI, like you did this, you it's should a little stop. Racist. Yeah. And right. like, that's the responsibility of people in groups of privilege to is to like, come get each other but to do it in a way that is uh like tone policed I guess like where we tone police ourselves and we approach each other with like a little bit of empathy I don't think we need to coddle each other um right. but we can no. just you know it's not like we all came out of the womb like holding protest signs like a big part of the like unlearning work I do is just sharing times that I was wrong because I was really wrong about a lot of things a lot of times <laughs> Or saying, I don't know, which mm -hmm. I actually think is really helpful because then someone else might be like, all right, Jen doesn't have the right answer. And I feel like maybe she should. And maybe I'm just projecting my own. Yep. I don't know about right. this. And totally. I can come to terms with it because Jen is brave enough to say that or something. So totally. it starts with the individual is basically what and you're saying. And to bring it back to bisexuality, I think bisexuality, like that. Oh God, not that thing. <laughs> I know <laughs> that um, also for the record, I like love memes that like subtly hate on bisexuals for some reason. Like they're like my Liz. favorite kind of meme. Wait, will you follow me and share those with me? Yeah, I, I will. I just okay. saw, repost those. Wait, I just repost saw those. an amazing one that had an eraser that was like the bi flag. And it was like, I will be erasing bisexuals today 
comment stop if you want me to stop. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so amazing. Um, Wait, I, really quickly. Yeah. Do you see the Ikea couch? Oh, I'm being the Ikea couch for Halloween. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm so yes. glad you mentioned yes. it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. I what a great you, fucking outfit. Like, I, I can't what? wait. Yeah. You know, Ikea is one of those special places. And again, you know, I really lived in cities for my whole, my entire life. So Ikea's were, they're far away, quite frankly. Like it's hard to get to the Ikea. And and once you go to an Ikea, you're like, well, like this is kind of a bunch of shit and plyboard, but like, thank God for Ikea, right? Like yeah. this place, whatever. But what the fuck, Ikea? None I mean, of that made any Stick to sense. furniture. And well, don't... and you know, it was a bisexual designer, which people were like trying to tell me, but it's like, I don't like have to love every bi person's hands. art. The hands. Yeah, right. it was like very... I don't have to love every lesbian. I'm it's glad like, that... you could still be wrong. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I, like, yeah, very much the hands. But yeah, we, I was like, we, we will be reposting that photo on said Instagram feed immediately for Halloween. I need to see that. So outfit. please, I can't wait. Okay, please I have get to your turn partner to take like really clear crisp I will. photos. Okay, we'll do a costume. we'll do a full photo shoot of me like sitting in couch pose. That's um. that's Auntie Liz demanding that you. Yes, give that us is. Some we have photos. our demands here. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, okay. Speaking of memes, so there's one other thing about bisexuality that I'd love to talk about. Um, sure. But the way I was going to bring it back is that uh, bisexual confusion is really like embodying that I don't know and being able to sit with it. And it's like the tool. Being bisexual is the tool that has like helped me get to that point. So full circle on that, but also means, yeah, um, yeah. uh, so something that I'm really interested in is the idea of biculture and like what it is and what it isn't. And I'm sure you've seen the meme that's like biculture is cuff jeans, like biculture yeah. is, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's all we have really as, as far as our culture goes is those memes and the couch. Um, and so I am really interested in the way that that meme specifically reflects by erasure because those the the premise for those memes, like the concept behind them, is that if you say anything is bi culture, it's bi culture. Like it doesn't actually have to be bi culture. Make any sense? Yeah. 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 And so it's really the same thing as the idea of like everyone is bisexual. It's like everything is bisexual and nothing is bisexual. And so it's so like it means nothing. It means nothing really. Um, right. but it's so interesting when one of those memes like is something I do, even if it's something everyone does, I'm like, well, I'm bisexual, like that's it. And I feel so good about myself, you know, cause it makes me feel so affirmed and so seen. Like whenever I wear cuff jeans, I'm like tossing, flipping my hair. Like I'm very bisexual today. I like wear this fake nose ring sometimes. I was looking for it before this interview, um, but it like makes me feel super bisexual because I saw a tweet that like said that bi people wear nose ring hoops, and I was exactly. Are you looking for Liz? Are you you got to change. Hope? It's like Liz. No, now I, I know you're one. not. I've you had my nose. Of course. course she does. Okay, here's the one thing I will say before we get to scissor me this. I have really weird pier. Like I have all the piercings still Same. as like a 36 yeah. year old. I still have my nose pierced when I was 14. I have my rook that I got. My brother mm -hmm. calls it my tweaker earring when I was 15. I still have my belly button pierced, me and Britney Spears holding Amazing. it strong. And yeah. like weird little piercings Same. here. Not like 
Brentwood Country Mart, like Gwyneth Paltrow, like I have cool diamonds up in my weird ear, but like actual, like I got these all on Hate Street in the <laughs> late 90s vibes. And I do feel like that is like my bisexuality. Yeah. Cool bisexual factor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, even that. the term cool bisexual, I've been hearing people say this recently and I'm like, wait, are we cool? Like, I always thought that we were bad. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, I think it's might be like, there's been so much more by visibility even just this year. And I think it's really helping like the cool factor, but I love when people say cool bisexual. So thank you. you well, cool Jen bisexual. Winston is a cool bisexual. Liz Cully is not. I just want to set the record straight or bisexual rather on that. Sorry, Liz, uh, you know, I love you, but uh, Jen, we like to end every episode yes. playing a game called scissor me this with our guests. It's just a fun little rapid fire, Great. you know, nonsense questions. Liz, oh. please go first. Okay, who is an idol or someone you really care about that you really, really wish reads your book? Ooh, um, Carmen Maria Machado, uh, who's an author who wrote In the Dream House and Her Body and Other Parties. She's a bisexual author. And yeah, if she hears this, please read it. <laughs> God, please read it. Yeah. What are two things you consider yourself greedy about? Mm. Sex and food. Oh. <laughs> full stop. Two great, yeah, full stop. Yeah. Two great things to be greedy about. I'm with you there. Thank you. With Thank you. you. Yes. Yeah. Do I need with to you. elaborate or no? Are we good? No, that no. was good. You're good. Full stop. That was strong. Full stop. stop. Okay. Yeah. Is there a bite or excuse me, hold on. Is there a celebrity that you wish was bisexual? Um, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, I'm yes. really attracted it's like, it's to- That's the answer. Yeah. It's the Timothy answer. Timothy should be. Yeah. He's too pretty. I'm really attracted to bisexual men or just like all bisexual people. Um, but I, yeah, that, yeah. Hey, Liz. <laughs> um, but yeah, I- Great. I think Nothing that that was good. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Well, you don't identify as bisexual. You didn't Thanks, make Jeff. the, the shoulder motion. Lesbian erasure going on here. <laughs> oh, oh, there is the shoulder. Shoulder. Okay, yeah. There, there it is. Okay, I ask this quite a lot because I feel like people have such different range of answers. You, you meet someone new, someone you're romantically interested in. Mm. You go into their apartment the first time after a date or two. Give me three things that you see that are immediate red flags and you're like, fuck no. Oh my God, that's such a good question. Um, Don't blow smoke up on the fucking ass. No bookshelf. Oh, Ooh, I, great, Jen, yeah, with you. Yeah, no great. books, no books. Um, I want to say like well-kept plants, although like my partner has really well-kept plants and I, oh. but like it freaks me out because I think they're going to hate me then because I can't take care of my plants. And there can I? Yeah. So you're feeling the judgment. It's like a projection <laughs> a of like, what you, it's a, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think it's like, I feel, yeah, I feel judged. Um, and let's see, like a Bob Marley poster. Like, I'm like, come on. Like we've evolved <laughs> past this, I hope. Or like a fight club poster, a Pink Floyd back of the album, anything that you like can get at that like pop-up mall store you know yeah, Spencer's or something yeah. like that even yeah, yeah, yeah. even I different than that though like the holiday Sorry. gift one yeah mm. <laughs> yeah great answer that's a okay, great answers. answer yes. okay Thank I you. guess I have one 
I'll just we each have one more. One okay, more. Okay, do it. Mm, what's a guilty pleasure you don't want anyone to know about until right now? <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, I like baby talk to my dogs an absurd amount. It's like it's like a pro- it's a problem though. Like, so I, do we, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, I talk. I baby talk to all of your dogs right now. Yeah, I guess. I guess I just yeah. I and and I sing to them and like I hope no I literally one will ever have know these songs. songs. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. could write albums. Yeah, we could write an album. Just, like, okay, okay, okay. I'll try harder. Um. <laughs> let's see we're judging her answer we're like okay shaming her i really i mean i'm not that into well reality tv is like aren't we past the point of like thinking of that as a, a I would guilty be pleasure look at yeah no i know who, i know what i'm careful. doing um okay she, she yeah it was like lesbian hate this is hate crime <laughs> i mean but it's not yeah i don't feel guilty i don't feel guilty about that much um All right. Good. That's good. That's oh, good. you that's know what? It's not showering enough during quarantine. That's it. Oh, but I did okay. write that in my book. So I'm clear with, I'm cool with people knowing it. But You're like, open with it. It's been pretty bad. And apologies to my partner for that. <laughs> Last one for me, because I live in Manhattan. You live in Brooklyn. My ex yes. lived in Brooklyn. So I had a lot of okay, back okay. and forth. Three things Brooklyn does better than Manhattan. Hmm. Square footage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like art i guess fair um in a general sense like i had a really great day at at the met yesterday so it's hard to say that fully but but more like indie art yeah like like independent culture yeah um and then um gay bars the gay bars in brooklyn are are great please take us to some gay when i come to new york in a little bit absolutely let's do it let's do it and oh my God. maybe we will start the Bisexual Summit and thus Bisexual Bar spinoffs someday. Bisexual I'll be bisexual bars. just for this. Yes. It, you'll get jealous and it'll happen. Yeah, exactly. I'll just <laughs> yeah, change You're welcome it. Yeah, as a guest exactly. of honor anytime. Chen, yes. please tell everyone where they can follow you, where they can find Greedy, all that jazz. Okay. Um, you can follow me on instagram twitter and tiktok now because i'm trying that at at generous with a j J j-e-n-e-r-o-u-s and you can find my book wherever books are sold uh it's called greedy notes from a bisexual who wants too much definitely buy it in a pleasure this this has been such a pleasure for all of you out there definitely follow us ask at s-i-e-t podcast at listen to liz at carpe darren rate review subscribe and buy greedy because it's an amazing Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.